Hello, everyone. I'm Al Daldegan, creator and producer of the Leaders, Innovators, and Big Ideas podcast, supported by Rainforest Alberta. This podcast showcases the people who are working to improve Alberta's innovation ecosystem. This episode is hosted by Mike Procy. Mike is an entrepreneur, facilitator, innovator, and problem solver. Working in the Calgary energy sector, Mike strives to build the innovation ecosystem and community. From his volunteer position on the Strategic Capability Network, where he founded the Calgary Innovation Peer Forum, to pursuing his DBA in winter 2024, focused on innovation, Mike is pushing the thinking on what it means to be a corporate innovation practitioner. And now let's join Mike as he has a conversation with Grace Somerville. Take it away, Mike. I'm very pleased today to introduce Grace Somerville, serial entrepreneur and currently holding not one, not two, but three chief innovation officer roles at Telological Systems, Launchpath Innovation, and Our Path Automation. Gray, how are you doing today? Hey, doing great, Mike. So nice to be with you. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for, thanks for coming on today. Today, we're here to talk about employee ideation funnels. So this is a super popular tool for any corporate innovator. I've been involved in a few of these myself. I've seen these be launched in multiple organizations, and they can be super powerful. But like anything, with great power comes great responsibility. And Gray, you have a few contrarian views, perhaps a bit, on this topic. So we wanted to explore those today. But I won't steal all your thunder. Let's jump right in and uh, set some context for this discussion. So firstly, right off the bat, why do you think corporate innovators go right to employee ideation funds? Yeah, I think the there are two answers I'm going to give to this. The first is just that it's sort of the path of least resistance. If you put yourself in the shoes of the typical you know, person who's kind of been suddenly thrust in this innovation management role, you know, a newly minted VP of innovation, you want to do something that shows you're, you know, making an impact. I think there's sort of an expectation of anybody working in innovation in particular, that something is going to happen fast, and it's going to be, you know, kind of eye popping and that sort of thing. So so this is something that's flashy, you can do it fast, you can do it easy, you can do it relatively inexpensively. And it and so it kind of really meets a need of of a new innovation program in that way. As soon as soon as you said uh, v, new brand new VP yeah. of innovation, I was there with you. I'm like, oh yeah, that's something yeah, yeah. that you could easily kind of kick up and start. Yeah, very true. Yeah. yeah, it meets you know just kind of those needs that you have in any new leadership role to kind of like you know have your transformative first 100 days. Mm-hmm. The other, the other thing though is a little is a little deeper, a little more nuanced, and that is that I think that the whole concept of an idea funnel really aligns with most people's intuition about how innovation works, and in that most people believe that if you if you can just find the right idea, that the hard part is over, that your mm-hmm. innovation will happen if you can just find the right idea. And um, like I say, I think most people sort of, that's their natural instinct about this. Unfortunately, I think it's a badly flawed 
intuition. You remember the thing that Edison said about his success as an inventor, that it was 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration. Mm -hmm. And if you take that at face value, what that means is about 1% of what goes into a successful innovation program are the ideas. And about 99% is the it's all the other stuff that the innovators have to do. So, and, well, yeah. speaking with a lot of corporate innovators too that are going yeah. through this journey in, in Calgary and beyond, I've often heard the ter- term idea rich, execution yeah. poor, right? Yeah, Where they exactly. have, they see it on the horizon, they see all the excitement that their employees have bringing these in, and they're great right. ideas. But there's quite a difference between, you know, having the idea and taking it to execution. I can't tell you how many of my friends think they invented Uber Eats because they're like, well, I had the idea. Uber stole it from me. But it's like you have (laughs) to implement it, right? Exactly right. I don't know if you've ever seen this or read this quote by Richard Feynman. There was an interview with him where he was basically asked what it feels like to be this, you know, scientific genius. And his response was so interesting. I won't be able to quote it directly, but but he was just talking about how most of the time he's frustrated and feels stupid. And he kind of goes into this little rant where he says, you know, because deep down, I think that we're all like basically some ape that's that's uh, really kind of stupid. And the equivalent of what I'm doing is like an ape trying to, you know, tie two sticks together and reach a banana. And most of the time it's not it's not working. You know, just every now and then I have the experience of actually knocking down a banana and that feels good. But most of the time it's painful and frustrating. And that's what innovation really feels like. You know, mm-hmm. most of the time it's this it's this labor that's often frustrated labor and it's very, very hard work. And so Companies don't need an idea funnel so much as they need an innovator funnel. Where do you find those people, especially in a corporate setting, who are you know ready, willing, and able to do that hard thinking work, dealing with the frustrations of trying to solve a problem that nobody's been able to solve yet, and kind of persevere and push that through? So, well, it is it is extremely validating to know that it's okay to be frustrated and it's okay yeah. to have those two sticks trying to hit that banana. And if you miss yeah. it, that's completely all right because I've felt that way in, in entrepreneurship yeah. and different sorts of ventures like that. And you can definitely feel that way regardless of what problem you're you're yeah. exploring. So yeah. why do you think that the employee ideation funnel may not be the best foundation for an innovation program? I mean, we see them everywhere now. It's the yeah. go-to. We hear about, you know... The, the Kodak inventing their own digital camera, which has an entire story beside it and everything. Right. So why do you think that setting the foundation for your program as innovation may not be the best way? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the bridge to nowhere? No, no. Well, this is a real, this is a real thing. Back in the 1930s, uh, this really beautiful single arch bridge was built down in Southern California as part of a much larger road construction project. Uh, the bridge was completed due to a lot of other factors. The overall uh, road construction project got canceled. And so now in this kind of wilderness area, you can go on a 10 mile hike that takes you up to this beautifully you know, designed, architected, built bridge spanning a river that goes that goes to nowhere. And I think this is a wonderful image of what most 
idea funnel programs are is that they are a bridge to nowhere because they're missing all of the other infrastructure. You know, they're missing the rest of the road network that could actually make them useful. So having an idea is just the very, very beginning of a long and arduous journey. You know, so you need the innovators. You need a a, uh, a solid, lean startup process and, and the knowledge of how to execute on that. You need funding. You need governance. You need coaching. You need support. All of these other pieces are are not there. And so, you know, you've got this nice, shiny bridge to nowhere. And I, I think that's... That's the problem. And where where should this bridge be going then? Like you mentioned their governance structure. Like yeah. I, I assume as I kind of, you know, equate those metaphors, the bridge to nowhere is just when you have ideas, but they're not actually going through or translating well into the business. Where yeah. do you need your bridge growing? What do you want to set up in those cases? Let me just make sure I'm understanding the question is where does an idea campaign or an idea funnel fit into the larger innovation program? Is that is that the question? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Where, where yeah. do you want to best utilize these things? Yeah, I really think so. I would I would advocate for an innovator centric program. Again, like if I could say one takeaway from this talk is that the success of your innovation program does not depend upon ideas. It depends upon innovators. If mm. you've got, you know, a thousand ideas in your idea funnel, but you can't identify a single person who is currently ready, willing, and able to take an idea and execute on it, that's your problem. You need more innovators, not more ideas in mm. general. So with that beginning, if you you know start with my bias for an innovator centric program, the idea funnel should really be at service of the innovator. Okay, so most of these idea campaigns, any employee can submit the idea, but there's really no mechanism to allow those employees to actually execute on their idea. Mm-hmm. So I'd say if if you if your intention is for anybody who puts in an idea to actually be able to execute on the idea make sure that you have a way of doing that. Most organizations don't. If you don't have that, focus on your innovators and answer the question, how could this, you know, how could running an idea campaign support that innovator? And I think it could be, you know, if if you and I, Mike, were, if we had decided that we were going to try to solve some particular problem, I can imagine it'd be very helpful for us to kind of put the problem out to the rest of our community, of our organization, and collect ideas. Mostly is just one of many things that we would do to try to walk around that whole thing and see it from all possible angles, mm-hmm. get as many ideas on the table as possible, just as kind of the raw materials for our creativity and, and for where we are going to go from there. But it wouldn't be that much different. It, it would not be different in kind from doing, you know, internet research or from doing mm-hmm. some sort of survey of our customers. It's just one bit of input that can help the innovator in actually solving the problem of how they're going to, you know, how they're going to approach this project. You could consider it too, like as it's almost like you're talking about the innovators in the organization, but also your executioners or your your project managers or whatever you want to call them, right? But having that idea source, but also having the resources to be able to take these ideas through to implementation 
And, you know, maybe in some cases, taking these big pie in the sky ideas and bringing them down into tactical nuts and bolts of how you get it done and how you move it forward. Yeah. Something that I would push back gently on is the idea of innovators being people with ideas and executors being people that take ideas and move them forward. Because, again, I think we have this deep bias to believe that ideas arrive fully formed Mm. and that then we're just executing, right? The nature of the execution when we are innovating is this continuously creative and iterative process. You know, we started with this idea. We went out and we, you know, did a little testing of that idea. We learned some things and it's kind of like, huh, I wasn't able to knock that banana down after all. So Mm -hmm. maybe it's not these two sticks. Maybe it's those two sticks that are going to knock the banana down. And really, you're reshaping the idea at each cycle that that you go through in that iterative process, right? Mm. So you go and do some discovery conversations, and your idea transforms in the process. So it's innovation all the way through. And in many cases, the big innovation happens deep in that process. The mm. big creative insight happens deep in that process, not with the you know origination. We we could go on and on, right, with stories of of successful startups that started out pursuing one thing and made the big pivot and then got onto what actually what actually worked. Yeah, well said. It's it's all innovation and you need to be okay. you need to be able to make those pivots much like in right. entrepreneurship, right? And your idea that you start off with is going to be right. quite different at the end and that's throughout right. that entire innovation pipeline. So great great correction to add there. So when we're thinking about this then and we're we're looking at this, you know, I might be listening as that freshly minted new VP of innovation yeah. and think, okay, well, if not ideation funnels, then yeah. what? Like how am I supposed to drive this in the organization? So what alternatives do you recommend to the traditional employee ideation funnel? Yeah. Well, I think everybody who's listening to this, you know, to this podcast is obviously very familiar with the whole idea of agile development and the minimum viable product. Okay. And I don't really perfectly love this cartoon, but we've seen the cartoon where it says not this, that about agile. And one is like somebody building a car where they have two wheels and then they have two wheels and a chassis. And then they have two wheels, a chassis and a body and the car is driving off. That's the not this. And the that is, you know, a skateboard, a scooter or a motorcycle, a car. I think, you know, the overall idea that you want, let's just kind of stop and say, what is viable? Viable means that it works, right? And mm-hmm. and I think that there's sort of, in terms of what works, there's something that works financially, something that could be instantiated and continue to operate on its own thereafter. So I think you need a complete innovation system, but at the smallest possible scale, mm-hmm. right? So rather than trying to start launching something something across the entire company you know it might be good to find one really motivated executive within your organization within a department within a you know within a group and try to build a little fully functioning innovation system around that one leader that actually gets results and then try to you know carry the flame from that one success to other departments for example as a way of of scaling up your your innovation program. Or, so start small, show right. successes, find those yeah. allies, and then keep yeah. building on yourself. Or, or begin with sort of a small group of innovators. Maybe it is cutting across the, the company rather than within one department, but 
you know, find a great executive sponsor, get at least a small group of innovators that are actually executing on things. Actual innovations are coming out at the other end of the process of your lean startup process and being instantiated within your company or within the economy. You know, got to get all the way to that and then build build on that. What would you say, and, and sometimes some people might find themselves in this situation, what if you have an executive or, or your boss is really pushing the employee ideation funnel? Is there a way to kind of merge these two or marry them? Or, or should you be respectfully maybe pushing back on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, practically, if I had a boss that was just convinced that this was it, my decision tree would basically be to, to say, you know, do I think I can manage expectations around this? And you know, maybe I don't really believe that this is the best solution, but I'm going to play it out just to kind of pacify my boss in this situation. Or do I need to, you know, get out of this role in mm. in some way or other? If I thought that I could manage expectations and play it out, I'd probably just, you know, go along with that and and try to dampen expectations while working on building true minimum viable innovation program on the side. You could eventually bring those two those two together, but but you know I think I think you if you are uh, putting your hopes in a typical ideation funnel program, you are three ways away from you know from the program collapsing and mm. from losing your job and everybody being very disappointed. It can be fundamental to your entire experience. Program. You have you have to have other areas on that. No, very well said. All right. So kind of wrapping up here a little bit or, or getting near the closing. Yeah. I mean, I still, with with all my experience, even after this conversation, we've touched base a few times on this, employee ideation funnels still have a special spot in my heart. Like they, <laughs> they're a great way to engage the employees. They're a great way to engage the staff as well. And sometimes you do see those ideas come out on the other end when executed properly. So how should employee ideas idea funnels be utilized. We've talked a little bit about, you know, doing them incorrectly without the without the proper support there. What's the correct way to do this? And when yeah. do you want to utilize that? Well, like I say, maybe I didn't actually say this. So so let me say it. I I am not opposed at all to crowdsourcing ideas. I, I think that's a wonderful concept. It's it needs to be in service of the larger innovation process. So, so, you know, if we were thinking through the end to end lean startup process, you know, we might have an idea, we might flesh out the business concept, we might go out and validate or invalidate the problem and, you know, validate or invalidate the solution kind of at a conceptual level, get some sort of trial or pilot going. If all of that worked, actually figure out scaling it. You need to have that larger process in place. But if you have that, then it's awesome to be able to take a problem that you are trying to solve and, you know, capture the insight and the intelligence of the larger organization. It's great for, you know, it's great culturally. It's, you will learn things and get insights that you never would have thought of before. I mean, it can be very, very powerful. But if that is not you know, if that's not connected to this drive train of turning good ideas, good insights into actual living, breathing innovations, then, you know, run into the problem of kind of vanity metrics and, and you know, the whole, the whole thing being a, a little bit of a sham. 
Yeah, very true. Very true. Well, thank you very much again, Gray, for this time and for talking us a little bit through employee ideation funnels. I just want to leave our listeners with any closing thoughts for corporate innovators, anything you want to leave them with as they're entering this, you know, sometimes very tumultuous journey with their corporate innovation programs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me share a little bit for corporate innovators and then and then something different for corporate innovation managers. So for corporate innovators, first of all, let me just say I, I love you. I admire you. I'm one of you. I've been a serial entrepreneur for 23 years now, and all of that began with a successful intrapreneurial project, a corporate mm-hmm. innovation project that just was totally transformative in my own career and sort of opened a door for me that was never possible before. So don't lose heart. It can be it can be hard out there with your two sticks trying to knock down those bananas, but but don't give up, even though it's very frustrating. And just in terms of a word of practical advice, I would say if in your organization you are unable to find one very senior leader who is ready to listen to your ideas and who gets kind of excited with you about those and is ready to put a little fuel on your fire. If you can't find that, then you need to make a choice to either give up on your corporate innovation dreams or go find another job. Mm. That would be my frank advice to you. You need that corporate sponsor to get behind you. You need uh, those advocates on your corner. That's right. For the innovation manager, uh, something that... I'd be happy to share, and maybe we can put it in the in the show notes or something, Mike. But I would recommend to you that you go, that you kind of take the challenge of trying to develop a playbook for your minimum viable innovation program before you launch anything. And this playbook will answer the following questions. One, what is your operating, like what are kind of some of your operating assumptions, your theory of innovation? Just capture you know, core ideas that go into how you think about this. Number two, what is your strategy? And I'd recommend to you the playing to win framework where you're answering those questions of like, what's the winning aspiration? Where do we play? How do we win? What are the key, you know, distinctive capabilities we're going to need to have and so forth. So strategy. And the next is what is your operating system? Who are going to be the the personnel What are going to be the platforms? What's going to be the overarching process, that drivetrain that turns ideas into living, breathing innovations? And, you know, kind of about that level. If you can articulate that, then you have a design that you can now start to engage your, you know, your fellow leaders. And you're going to be wrong about a lot of the stuff you put into that playbook, but you're now going to be able to isolate what was wrong about your hypothesis and start to make meaningful improvement. And I swear that was not a plant, but I think I would be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that in the Calgary Innovation Pure Forum, which I run as part of the Strategic Capability Network and with Unbounded Thinking, we're helping corporate innovators put together their innovation strategy, innovation thesis, and operating model all as part of this innovation playbook creation. So absolutely, if anyone's interested in that, please feel free to reach out to myself via LinkedIn or reach out through this podcast and we'll get you connected with anybody who's looking forward to that. Uh, Gray, thank you very much again for this time. I found the conversation extremely insightful and I will share your contact information as well if you're okay with it, as well as your LinkedIn as part of the show notes. But thank you for making the time today to talk. Yeah, it's a pleasure, Mike. Great being with you. Thank you.
If you haven't already, visit rainforestab.ca and sign the Rainforest Social Contract. Become part of the inclusive, silo-busting, sector-agnostic, all-industry, open-sourced, ego-shrinking, ecosystem-building, entrepreneur-focused, wide-open, social barrier-smashing community known as Rainforest Alberta. This episode was brought to you by New Idea Machine. NIM helps new software developers, UI UX designers, and product managers gain mentored hands-on industry experience. And at the same time, we provide companies with risk-free tech talent. Definitely a win-win-win situation. Visit newideamachine.com for more information. Music for the show was created by Tony Deldegan. Please be sure to share this episode with everyone you know. Also, don't forget to come by and say hi at the next Rainforest event. Let us know what you think of this podcast. If you're interested in being either a host, sponsor, or a guest of the show, send me an email at rainforestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.